Hey guys, Robert here, writer of Atlas Avenue Beat. If you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash 7lamb, the number 7 L-A-M-B, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month, and it all goes to helping us create content such as this podcast and all the other ones we produce here at 7lamb. Once again, you can go to patreon.com slash 7lamb, the number 7 L-A-M-B. Thanks, and enjoy the next episode of Atlas Avenue Beat. Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue B Case 3 The Gold Hawk Part 4 Six Star Restaurant Hello, Joel. It looks pretty chilly out. Yes, quite chilling. They say there's a nasty storm coming. You made it home just in time. Good, good. I also let your cousin in. I couldn't let him stand out in the cold. My cousin? Yes, he's upstairs. Oh, oh, Uh, thank you. Hello there, Joel. Uh, hello there, Mr. Wiseman. Your neighbor let me in. It's getting pretty cold out there, huh? Yes, it is. Well, you gonna invite me in, Joel? Yes, yes, uh, of course. Let me just close this. So, Joel, I came down here to tell you how much Le Chef appreciates you. The Gold Hawk was important and you helped tremendously. I hope the money you earned was sufficient? Yes. Although, you could probably do with a better apartment. I am moving. Really? Where to? Another city. Far from here. You... you want to leave Kenneth Heights? Yes. Uh, it is too cold for me. Yeah, the, the winters can be quite harsh. Do you mind if I have a seat? No. Now, obviously I didn't come down here to talk to you about your relocation. Oh? No, no. I came here to ask you about a certain private investigator, Mr. James Locke. I... I... I did not t- tell him... Don't get all nervous on me, Joel. I did not say anything. But he asked questions. Yes, but... but I, I said nothing. I am telling the truth. See, that's the problem. I, I know you didn't say anything, but I wanted to ask if you maybe wrote something down? He asked for my address and phone number. Right, and he took that handwriting sample and visited a handwriting expert, and something tells me this isn't going to end well. You think he knows it was me? I followed him. I know he knows it's you. Please. The thing is, Joel, the chef can't afford any fuck-ups. Because of this, he asked me for a pretty big favor. You know what that was? No, I, I do not know much about favors. He asked me to tie up some loose ends, and guess what? You're one of those loose ends. You are going to tie me up? Worse, Joel. Please. Goodbye, Joel. No!
I couldn't get a cab, so I had to hop on the bus to make it across the city. When I reached Dugard's place, a storm was brewing in the distance. Snow began to fall at a faster rate. I rushed to the apartment building. A man looked out the small door window. Hello there. Hello. May I come in? I'm here to see Mr. Ugart. And you are? His cousin. Interesting. He just had another cousin come visit him moments ago. Is that so? Yep. His cousin came. I heard some shouting. I think I heard a gunshot. Then his cousin came running down the stairs, told me not to say anything, and ran out. What? You want me to repeat everything? Mr. Ugart was shot? Who said that? You just did. I did no such thing. You heard shouting, a gunshot, and then some man ran downstairs and told you not to say nothing? He told me not to say anything. Which is the same thing as saying nothing. Okay, I gotcha. I still don't know what you're rambling on about. Piece it together. The only things I ever piece together are puzzles and sometimes pie. If I cut a bunch of pieces but realize I'm not that hungry and or that I don't have any friends to share my pie with... What? Move! I don't know why you're in such a frenzy. I rushed upstairs and over to Ugart's place. The door was slightly ajar, and by that I mean it was kind of open, not something you put jam into. I drew my gun in my notepad because I left my gun at home. I wasn't sure if an illustration of a gun would scare an intruder, but maybe if I shouted bang loud enough, it worked before. Mr. Ugart? Mr. Ugart? I creeped around the corner and entered the living room. There, the lifeless body lay on the floor. Shit. Mr. Ugart! I crouched over him. I rolled his body over and grabbed his wrist. No pulse. That's when I noticed the bullet wound in his chest. Okay. Maybe this case wouldn't be as easy as I thought. Hey, Joe's cousin. I turned around to see the tenant standing behind me. I put the pieces together, and I think Joe was shot. Well, 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 Jimmy Jong. Gun done murdered another guy. Paul, this wasn't me. I was the one who called you. Listen, I'm not saying this because Big Jimbo and I wiped the slate clean or anything, but I trust him as a friend, and if he said he didn't do it, then he didn't do it. I didn't do it. I found him this way. Someone shot him and ran off. How do you know? Because he shot and no one was here. Yeah, but how did you know he ran? King Arthur, of course he ran! Think about all the people you killed. You ever just walk away? No, but that's because I have bad ankles. How many people have you guys killed? Fourteen. I hope those deaths were valid. Yeah, we made sure every one of them was dead. No, that's not what I meant. What did you mean, Big Jimbo? Not right now. I need to figure out who killed Joel M. Ugart. Yeah, we should call the police. That's what I did. That's why you guys are here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I always, I always forget who I am. Paul, I think you have some serious issues that need to be looked at, but right now, let's just concentrate on Ugart. Right. Arthur, let's grab our police stuff out of the car and get to work. I'll rope off the entrance. We don't have any more caution tape, so uh, we'll have to use actual rope. 
Well, that's okay. I like it when words or sayings mean exactly what they are. Me too. What does that mean? Well, we can't caution tape off the entrance, so we rope off the entrance. Get it? No, but do what you have to do. Don't worry, Jimmy John. We'll get this whole thing sorted out. Actually, I don't even know if we have the rope with us. We should probably make a Home Depot run. Please, guys. Let me know as soon as any information comes your way. Paul and Arthur didn't even acknowledge me at that point. Instead, they walked into the hall and down the stairs, listing things they had to buy from Home Depot. I stuck around a bit and searched the apartment. Ugart didn't have much. I couldn't find anything useful save for a stack of receipts in a kitchen drawer. I pocketed them. Around six, I decided to head back to the office. When I entered, I was surprised to see Edith on the phone. It was after six. What was she still doing here? When she saw me, she jumped up. Mr. J! Edith, why are you still here? Why didn't you fucking tell me she was in town? Who? You know who! The she-devil! How did you know? She dropped by the fucking office today. She was looking for you. I wanted to tell you, but with this Her new case... Her and I fucking talked forever! I'm sorry. I know she can be a bit overbearing, and I'm sure you didn't want to talk to her, but... What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I like her! You what? You? Like her, Edith. You don't like any women. Now I do. I like her. She's fucking funny, and she's really fucking nice. Which is surprising, because when she came in, I kept calling her a whore and telling her to go dive off a cliff into a muff river, that lesbo. But then I realized I was being harsh. We talked it out, and now we're friends. You're friends with her? Her and her husband Donald wanted to take us out to dinner. I'm not going to dinner with that chump. Don't be jealous, Mr. J. I'm not jealous, but she's a bitch and he's a tool. I can't believe you like the she-devil. Her name's Lauren, Mr. J. I know what her name is. So you don't want to go to fucking dinner tonight? Tonight? No, not at all. I'd rather go home and eat a TV dinner and watch the series finale of M.A.S.H., Is that on TV tonight? I don't know. That's just what I would like to do. But they invited us. Lauren invited us to dinner tonight. Well, at first she was just going to fucking invite you, but after we became friends, I said that was bullshit, and she agreed. So she invited me, too. She said it could be like a double date, which I figured you'd be happy about, since you don't really have anyone. She asked if you were dating any skinks, although she used the word women, and I said not since you found your last girlfriend was a fucking dude. Ugh, you told her that? Yeah, why not? Edith, I really don't want to go tonight. I really don't want to go any night. I just started this new case and someone involved is already dead. If they're already dead, then they can fucking wait. Please, Mr. J, I promise to stop cursing so much. We both know that won't happen. But it's the thought that counts. Fucking please, god damn it. Good start. Uh, fine, we'll go.
We arrived at the restaurant precisely at 7.30. The she-devil and her married minion stood in the waiting area. There they are. Hello, I'm Donald. You must be James and you must be Edith. I've heard a lot about you. Not so much about you, though. Well, my name's Edith and I'm fucking great. Ah, that's all I need to know. A random man approached us. Hello, may I take your coats? Do you work here? No, I just want to have your coats. Oh, no, I'm going to keep mine. What about you? I'm going to keep mine, too. Damn it. I just wanted some coats. The weird man walked off, coatless. How long are we going to have to wait? I'm fucking starving. We don't have to wait long at all. Donald already reserved us a table in the VIP area. So we're very important people? I would like to think so. This way. I never ate at the Bodega Fast Food Restaurant. It was upscale, and places like this were intimidating. Sure, I like places that force you to wear a tie, but I hated spending exorbitant amounts of money on small amounts of food. I'm a man. I need a man meal. This place is to die for. Donald has already taken me here twice since we arrived. The most amazing food. Is Donald paying? Because I'm going to order a lot of food. Order anything you like, dear. Mr. J, I don't know why you hate them so much. No, what? I, uh, I, no. I stopped myself as Lauren shot me a sincere glance. We arrived at our table in the back of the room. It wasn't so much a VIP room as it was a glorified alcove. I was kind of disappointed. Although this wouldn't be the first time an alcove let me down. We took our seats. Hello, my name is Robert MacArthur Williams III, and I'll be your waiter. Oh, you use your full name. I don't want to be confused with other waiters. A lot of Roberts here? No, but there are at other restaurants, and what if I transfer? <laughs> the confusion would be astronomical. I don't think so. You know, some, some people just shorten their name. But then it's not their name anymore. I'm not sure where this conversation's going. Jim, can you not? Can I not what? Oh, Mrs. Lauren, Mr. Donald, how nice to see you two again. You've been here, what, two days and you're already making friends? That's what I do. Do you two want your usual? Please. You got it. And here are menus for the young lady and the weird guy who hates birth names. I I didn't say that. Can I start you off with something to drink? Can we get a bottle of your finest wine? Of course, and I will be right back to get your orders. Thank you, Robert MacArthur Williams III. James, the wine here is so fine, you can use the bottle to cut through the meat. I didn't even acknowledge Donald's praise. Instead, I looked over the menu. Food items were odd. Hmm. What is it, James? These items on the menu. What about them? Well, this one, the Whooper Burger. It says a fourth-pound patty, flame-grilled, topped with tomatoes, lettuce, creamy mayonnaise, crunchy pickles, and a sliced sautéed onion. That sounds fucking fantastic! Sounds like a Whopper. A Whopper? From Burger King? Doesn't it? It's even called a whooper here. Jim, why do you always do this? Do what? Ha! James, this is a six-star restaurant. You know what that means? It means that while most great restaurants get a total of five out of five stars, this restaurant breaks the scale and plays by its own rules by becoming the first six-star restaurant ever. Well, what about this item? I showed them the menu. A rib sandwich slathered in tangy barbecue sauce, onions, tart pickles, all in a hoagie-style bun. That sounds fucking fantastic, too! Where are you going with this? That's a fucking McRib. That is not a McRib. That is most definitely a McRib. And what about this? The meaty quintuple blanketed wrap. 
Yeah? That's a beefy five-layer burrito from Taco Bell. You are being ridiculous. And this, this is definitely a gordita. And who are they fooling with these names? The large meat burger? That's a Big Mac. They're serving fast food here and pretending it's high-end meals. Just because you're a P.I. doesn't mean you always have to be a P.I. Oh, you can turn it off, you know. I have to agree with Lauren. I think you're reading into this too much. This whole left side of the menu is Arby's. So, have you decided? One moment. Jim, I'm just going to come out and talk about the elephant in the room. There's an elephant in the room? I guess that's okay. Somebody brought a panda last week and we let it slide. She's not talking to you, Bob. Don't you dare shorten my name. Jim, I know this is awkward. I'm sorry that this isn't going quite as planned, but I wanted to see you. And since we're all adults here, I thought we could just have a nice meal together without any trouble. Is that so much to ask? She's right, Mr. J. You're acting fucking childish. The restaurant is called Bodega Fast Food. Fast food. Fast food. You don't quit, do you? Can we just have a nice meal together? We sat in awkward silence for a few moments. (sighs) So, are you ready to order? Okay, Robert MacArthur Williams III. Let me just get a whopper. Oh, you mean the whooper. No, I mean the whopper. And I'll have the McRib. I arrived at my apartment around 9.50. The dinner could have gone better. Instead, I ate fast food and listened to Donald explain why coat zippering horizontally actually reduces dress time. Edith was so enthralled the whole night. Never seen her like that. That was the power of the she-devil. She could become friends with anyone. She was just so damn... personable. At least it was over. I moved to the couch and went through the receipts I acquired from Nugart's place. I probably should have told Paul and Arthur I took them, but fuck it. No, I meant, but, fuck it, not but fuck it. That wouldn't even make sense, but I feel that I should clarify my narration sometimes. I was startled as something banged against my window. I ran over to the den and saw Paul climbing in through the raised window. Paul, what the hell are you doing? Paul? Hey, Jimmy Jung. Why are you uh, climbing through the window? I forgot where the front door was. It's where it's always been. Uh, which, which is... At the front of the apartment. God, the only place I didn't check. It's called the front door for a reason. Paul stared blankly at me for 30 seconds. It's because it's in the front of the apartment, hence the name. The door has a name? Ooh, I hope it's Charles. Paul, I really worry about you sometimes. I went back to the living room and took a seat on the couch. Did you happen to find anything at Ugart's? Oh, yeah. We traced the bullet that was inside Ugart's body. It was purchased by a Logan Antergaard. Apparently, he's a poker player. Plays a lot at the Soft Pop Casino. Hmm. Is that so? What are you thinking, Jimmy Jung? A sting? No, that doesn't apply here. Well, then what? How good are you at poker? Well, I poker every night. (laughs) Get it? Good one. My girlfriend? Yeah, I know. I'm talking about my girlfriend. 
Yeah, I said I know. Bethany? I'm aware, Paul. With, with my dick. Paul, I, I get the joke. I just want you to realize that even though I made a joke, there was some form of truth. The truth is that I have sex with my girlfriend. Paul, stop. But, to answer your question seriously, I, I know how to play poker. Good. Because I think we should pay this Logan Antergaard a visit. Atlas Avenue Beat. Written by Robert M. Lamb. Edited by Isa Yazdezade. Starring Jack Austin as Locke. Amy LeRae as Edith. James Sweezy as Paul. Brian Messick as Arthur. Robert M. Lamb as Joey. Corey Pettit as Lauren. Aiden Diamond as Simon. Contendo as Byman. Mike Lenhart as Curator. And Brett Wilkins as Donald. Co-starring Mitchell Beck, Evelyn, Seth York, Crystal Hall, James Brown, Cody Meadows, Lewis Ferrant, Caitlin Spring, Dennis Caldwell, Amber Simpson, Sean Sullivan, Hope Ennis, Melanie Kissel, and Luke Hurt. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Also, check out www.7lamb.com for other podcasts such as this one. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7lampodcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at 7lampodcasts. This has been a Seven Lamb production.